Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Eki and Nick and Probanto from Greenway Coffee and Susu Kopi and Boba coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's a beverage consultant responsible for the cocktails you drink at places like LaGrange, Bernie's Burger Bus, and Ninfa's. Linda Salinas, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, you know, just living my best life. Thanks for having me. Living your best life. Have you, have you recovered from a week in San Antonio for the cocktail conference? I mean, I'm here. Yeah. Good with, enough. With beloved queso from Nympha's on in Uptown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I went to the San Antonio Cocktail Week, which is a little baby Tales of the Cocktail, which is a cocktail convention. And so you get to see um, you get to see all sorts of brands doing cool things like. All right. All right. I'm going to we're in the interest of time. What is the one coolest event that you went to while you were in San Antonio? You know what? I was just about to say that and you just cut me off, you dingus. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to do it here in town, but I'm doing a puppy room. Like, so uh, this is, so puppy adoption event sponsored by a liquor brand. By a liquor brand. Yes. So this was... This was Hungover bartenders cuddling with Hung, adorable puppies. First off, it wasn't hungover bartenders. We're professionals, all right? They stayed drunk the whole week. No, 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 no. And it wasn't just for bartenders. It was for, 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 the, for the common man, mm-hmm. you know, for the common folk. Yeah. Uh, no, we, uh, it was actually a really cool event. Uh, it, was a, it was for, like, I guess the bark, you know, uh, it, an adoption for puppies. And Tito sponsored this one. And... Um, there was a few cocktails, mainly everyone just wanted to take pictures and snuggle puppies. So I'm going to do that here coming soon. Watch out Houston. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was really cool. There was a lot of other like non-alcoholic events as well. Um, there was some cool tiki pop-ups, so on and so forth. Nobody cares about that. No, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. All right. Eric, let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, and and I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this for too long because we talked about it pretty extensively last week with Rebecca Masson, but she is relocating Fluff Bake Bar from Midtown to the Heights. Fluff had its last day of service on Sunday, January nineteenth. It will reopen in what is technically Shady Acres, hopefully in time for Valentine's Day. That's a big that's a big sales day for Rebecca and for Fluff. So obviously we had Rebecca's perspective. She is ready to get out of Midtown. She does not think that has been a sustainable business uh, location for her. But I wanted an outside perspective. Linda, what do you think about Fluff moving? I mean, well, first off, I'm elated that she's moving into another space. Um, I'm bummed that she's not going to be centrally located to me. But that's just me being selfish. You know, but I mean, in all honesty, like inside the loop, uh, Midtown, the Heights, man, they're getting hit left and right with being like robbed. I mean, in the same in the same one to two days, Bobby Hugel at BLT got hit. Um, Well, Becky, on her last night of being open to the public, had her windows smashed in by someone who went looking for cash that wasn't there because i mean this has become such an epidemic with restaurants being broken into no one actually keeps any money in their restaurants it's just i mean and the fact that like a lot i mean they're, they're all small businesses and the fact that nothing like there's no response there's absolutely no response by 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 the houston police department like uh from what it looks like on social media like um, well, I saw something this morning that apparently Fox TV asked Mayor Turner about this issue, and he acknowledged that he's aware of it and that there will be stepped up police patrols. And apparently, there was a, 
a recent arrest with someone who's been responsible for some break-ins. But I mean, that still doesn't. I mean, but this is this is the first time I've seen any official response to this, and I know, I know, Bobby in particular has been very vocal on social media and kind of calling out our political leadership and asking the police department for more assistance. Well, and if anyone that's can, that can rally rally anyone within you know outside of the bar community, it is Bobby. Um, when they opened, when they, I mean, doing. Uh, the parking, you know, 10 years ago, you know, for small businesses, like he lobbied with uh, Morgan Weber from back then didn't have all those like iconic bars and restaurants. But, you know, right back then he was he was uh, Morgan Weber. Well, who helped Bobby open Anvil. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then would open Revival Market and now Cultivare and everything else that he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopefully like that gets um, that gets kind of like mediated a little. And, and I mean, but. It's crazy, like, on the last day that Rebecca is open, on camera, someone smashes into her her, her, uh, her bakery. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, I mean, hopefully that doesn't, doesn't move on into, into Garden Oaks. Well, Shady Acres. Shady Acres, sorry, sorry. It's outside the loop. She's inside the, no, she's inside the loop. That's she's the important thing. She's inside the loop. Mike. 15th and Durham. Oh, okay. Well, right, right so near far. Heights. Right, right near Heights Beer Garden, right near where Miko's Hot Chicken is opening. Yeah, I know you. You as a Midtown resident don't like to cross the Bayou. Right? I know, but everything's so expensive in the Heights. But will you cross? But she's making it's the croissants. white people tax. She's going to make croissants every day, and she's going to have kolaches with meat from Truth Barbecue in it. So that that might get you motivated. I mean, don't tell anybody, but I I do sneak over there for a couple of, a couple of things that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff that I really like over there. I mean, I used to live in that neighborhood before it blew up, but um, I'm really excited for her. Um, like this is going to cut down on because you know if I had like a meeting or lunch in Edo, or I was somehow moving from like downtown back to my apartment in Montrose, I would stop at Fluff and get a couple of cookies. Yeah, and so the new location will not will not be accessible to me personally in that way. It's just because we're selfish. We are. You know? We are totally we really selfish. Are. But she, but obviously, and Becky talked about this on the show last week, she's very excited about being part of that new neighborhood. It's closer to where she lives. She's up in Garden Oaks, Oak Forest, somewhere, yeah. somewhere on I the mean, north. I mean, you, you, go, you go into those. I mean, I don't have children, but when you go to any of those restaurants, the local foods over there, um even squabble i mean i, I see mean, kids in squabble yeah there's i mean there's so many kids and there's so many families in those neighborhoods like they deserve some fluff in their life absolutely you know? and i don't think that there's much over there and then they that what they've closed down to Capos, which is that little bakery yeah and then somebody bought that bakery and then somebody else drove a car through it so they've yeah, been closed for Ramon. Yeah, and so, red dessert dive is kind of the one that comes to mind and that's yeah. all the way over on Studewood, so that's far enough away that I don't think yeah, there'll be a I lot mean, of Yeah, I mean, but every time we go to the bagel place, there's children screaming everywhere. Um, woohoo. I'm so excited for them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a good move for fun. Yeah. All right. And uh, you do you have any follow-up comment on break-ins, or should I move on? No. I mean, there's not much else to be said. Okay. Topic number two. Anthony Callio, chef at Rudyard's, and bartender Lacey Williams, formerly of places like Grand Prize and the Pink Elephant Room, are teaming up to open Sixes and Sevens, a new bar. It's replacing Next Door Bar, which uh, was next to Rudyard's for about 20 years. Linda, I I want to talk about Next Door Bar closing. This was very controversial. There were a lot of negative comments both on, on Culture Map and on our Facebook post about this. I, I I struggle with this because Next Door Bar was known for being a place where people could buy an item that that wasn't that wasn't alcohol so- or the vibe. No, no. So so I'm I'm going to refer to it as a succulent, right? It it was a place you know a collectible plant, and so like I have never I have never bought succulents, and no one has ever said to me I went to Next Door Bar to buy a succulent, but I feel like. There's this elephant in the room about Next Door Bar that hasn't been in the conversation about Next Door Bar. And 
I so every time someone is like, "Oh my God, I love Next Door Bar," I I wonder when I see people talking about it, like, "Oh, did you go there for the drinks, or did you go there because you like collecting succulents?" <sighs> Look, I've I've lived in that neighborhood since I was twenty. Like, I know what Next Door Bar was known for. Right. And I hate the fact that you're using the word succulent because succulents are because something completely different. Right. It's a houseplant. Okay. It's a houseplant. People whatever. went there to buy houseplants. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so many question marks. If, like, if there was a little emoji over my head, I'd be like, loop, 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 question mark. What are you talking about? Anyways, um, I don't know anything about that life. Right. You don't you don't buy succulents either. No, I don't buy succulents either. Look, um I'll go ahead and say it. It was known to be kind No, 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 no. Don't don't say it. It it's been it's been known for a lot of people within the neighborhood that there was illicit things happening. We don't know what it is, right? But it's over. Right. Uh, but it, that, it was but, there. For, it was there for twenty years. The the owner of Rudyard's, who owns that building, that houses both Rudyard's and Next Door Bar, decided not to let Next Door Bar renew its lease for another term. Okay. And so, Anthony and Lacey have been given this opportunity to open something new, and the Next Door Bar people are very upset. Well, of course. I mean, look, every I don't care what anybody says. Like, no one likes change. Um, Baba Yaga, okay, beloved Baba Yaga was a rotting hole, okay, a rotting hole. I'm not even joking. I've walked through there. They only were busy one day of week, which is for their brunch. Any other, I mean, like people just don't like change, especially people in Montrose. We're very, very attached to it. Now, if we went through your culture map or the Facebook, like what were what, what were they really upset about? Nostalgia. Right. Not the drinks, not the succulents, not anything else. You know what I mean? Right. Like their, their memories of going there over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the years. Like I can't remember the last time I went to to uh to next door. I think maybe the last time was like six or seven years ago. Like Right. I've been going to Rudyard's for everything from like concerts to hamburgers since like the early like I remember seeing a concert in Rudyard's in about two thousand three. Yeah, I mean, Dave Chappelle went to yeah showed up at their open mic night at their recently. open mic night a couple months ago. Yeah, right. But I've been, but like I, I think I maybe walked in the next door once. Yeah, like wasn't for me. Walked out, like went back to Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have an emotional attachment to the place, and like there are changes, like even in the ten years that I lived in Montrose, which I I freely admit that does not make me old school Montrose. I'm not. I'm not claiming that, but I've lived there long enough to see it change. And I, you know, so the porn shop down the street from where I live became a delicious barbecue joint. And, you know, Chances became uh, Georgia James and Hay Merchant. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I didn't feel any nostalgia for Chances. I, was, I wasn't welcome there. So I don't feel any nostalgia for it. So I'm not sad that now I can go get, you know, a delicious craft beer and crispy pig's ears. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that there's always, you know, especially in a, in a neighborhood like Matros, uh, if you take something, if you take something away from the neighborhood, um, everyone revolts. You know what I mean? Um, especially something that's been there for more than ten years. I don't care what you what you put there. Like if you close down Catbirds, same thing. You know, if you close down, I mean, anything. Anything that is has that we've grown up in, because I mean, a lot of us like I moved. I moved into, I moved into Montrose when I was twenty. I'm turning thirty eight on Sunday. Like, I've been in that neighborhood for a really long time, and so you, you, go you don't look a day over thirty two. Thanks, boo boo. Uh, and so, like you, you have to consider that you know, is it going to be a neighborhood spot? Something tells me that Lacey came from Warren's. Like, right. like Lacey came from Warren's. She came from Grand Prize. Those are those are not going to be fussy cocktails. They're going to be approachable with some cool spins on things. 
Um, she even worked at Mark's for a minute as a bar manager. Um, she knows she knows and really understands what a good neighborhood bar. And if she's running that program, I think I think we'll be happily, you know, surprised with someone that that really understands how to really cultivate great neighborhood bar. Yeah, and it might appeal to people who have moved into the neighborhood, say, in the last five years, who didn't find Next Door Bar welcoming, who weren't part of that old school scene. Yeah. They might like a place with someone who's young and outgoing and and makes them feel welcome. Yeah, absolutely. And Anthony, for his part, is going to do, you know, they know what the food at Rudridge is. It's pizza, it's burgers, it's craft beer. Tots. It's tots. Oh, the delicious tots. Oh, delicious tots. So... (laughs) So at next door, you'll get, you know, Swiss chard ravioli or, you know, roasted potatoes that are fried and tossed in guanciale, you know. All right. I, I want to see what this, this menu looks well, like. Well, he has, he has some sort of ambitious ideas for a more elevated <sighs> Stop playing. take Stop on playing, his food. Boo-boo. Come on now. Well, it's, Give me that pizza. <laughs> well, they do the pizza at Rudyard's, right? And it's the expansion of the Rudyard's kitchen that allows them to use some of the space in the Rudyard's kitchen to serve food at sixes and sevens. All right. So this is, this is part of the evolution of Rudyard's. This is part of the evolution of the neighborhood and, you know, no disrespect. Well, whatever the, the angry commenters are going to feel disrespected by, it's a, I mean, by it's no a, matter what yeah, I say. No matter what you so say. Yeah. that's why, that's why you don't see me in the comments arguing it out with them because there's nothing that I'm going to type. That's going to make them change their mind. They're not going to go, Oh, yeah, you, know you convinced what? me, you convinced which is why me. I don't argue with people on the internet very much no. anymore. No, don't, don't I just rant at them from, this, from behind this the comment. <laughs> right. I rant at them from behind this microphone instead yeah. and, and accuse them of collecting succulents. <sighs> okay. Moving along. <laughs> Topic number three? Yes. All right. So the conservatory food hall space isn't staying empty for long. Who's going in there? Tell me more. So Doubt Elshani. Huh? is opening a new food hall that he's calling Underground Hall. Now, Doubt is a guy who's been behind the scenes for a long time. He's someone that I've interacted with probably for four or five years now. He was a partner in Salt and Pepper Group, which is third floor, pub fiction, beer market, crisp. That's And then he was he was the director of hospitality for Buffalo Bayou. So he oversaw the construction of the restaurant. Buffalo. Buffalo Bayou? Buffalo Bayou Brewing, yeah, okay. the, the, the brand new brewery. So so he was behind the scenes, you know, building out the kitchens, oh, really? out the operations. Because from what I understand, they're sadly, sadly lacking space for all that pizza dough. Well, they may not have anticipated how popular the pizzas would be. I mean. But, you know, Doubt, doubt was responsible shade. for helping. But no... No one can argue with that place has been an instant smash hit for da- them. Duh. And guess who's yeah. Arash. Yeah. Chef Arash is killing it. We've had Arash and Rasul, the founder of Buffalo Bayou, on the show to talk about yeah. how it's going. But Doubt was kind of behind the scenes. Doubt had a role in shaping that. So he's cool. off so he's off on his own and he's got he's gonna have pizza from Crisp. He's got beer market uh on board to handle the uh the tap selection. They've got like thirty taps. He's going to build a wine and cocktail bar down there. Well, let me just let me just ask you. Hmm. Are there too many food halls downtown or do you think do you think that keeping <sighs> conservatory open with a new operator and a new name I think, is a good decision? I think it's absolutely a great decision. Um, I think it Look, you have a space. It's always been busy. Um, having someone to operate it absolutely is a great idea. Every weekend, it's always busy downtown. It's become, a, I mean, it, you'd be a fool not to take it and and move it along, you know. Uh, I'm glad that it's all going to be under one umbrella because I think that uh, one of the issues is that it's be, you're, basic, you're basically trying to divide a pie into 12 different slices. And I think that, I mean that that was I think that was the problem with the conservatory is is that someone else owns this, somebody else owns the space and then they divvy divvy it up between six operators and 
if it's going to be one operator, then I think that it just makes it easier to incentivize, like, you know, a whole group of people as opposed to you get this little 20%, you get this little 30%, you get this little 40%, you know, I think that, I think that it makes sense. And it also makes sense also like as a, as a, as a, as a guest, you know, like, okay, cool. Like everyone's all, all, all in and, you know, and I, I'm not having to pay the tax for the, for the boss and the tax for the supplier and the tax for the, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that like sometimes with these food halls is, is that you end up having to pay 20 to 30% more, um, in food halls because they're having to pay so much rent to someone else. And if, you know, or, or to share the water stations and the, the supplies for the, you know, for the, bathroom you know what i mean all the there's so many like costs to it right so. you want you want one kind of central authority yeah managing the the running of the space and yeah. and then so right so doubt is leasing the food stall spaces to prospective tenants and i i know he's had some interest from from people already including some of the former conservatory operators so so exactly kind of who who's going to operate there remains to be seen but but i do think that yeah i'm with you i think that you know, we have we have Finn Hall, which kind of closes a little on the earlier side, and is kind of ha- it's a home go- to existing. You know, it's a home to existing operator, right? The it's, best stuff there is Dish did, Society, good company, whatever. And didn't they close the bar down? They've reopened it. Yes, they they changed they closed down the bar at Finn, right? Uh, they they've reopened it since, but yeah, there and was a change someone, in operators. And then someone else told me that the uh, that the one the other food hall. What's the other food hall? The newest one. Uh, bravery? No, the next one over. <laughs> uh, understory. Oh, understory. Yes. Yeah, we're need business. Yeah, but their bar closed for like a week. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, a, the bar closed there for a week. What's going on, y'all? Y'all need a. Y'all need an OG. You know. <laughs> I oh, mean, you need you need the Leviathan to to come yeah, and right? restore order. Restore order. Restore yeah. order. Yeah, that was Thomas. I just dropped Thomas Hobbs on the pod. Nice, nice. All right. <laughs> Anyways, moving along. Uh, can't wait to see what they've got going on. Um, great. Okay, so that does it for the news of the week. We will be right back with our bars of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating. Linda, instead of restaurants of the week, since you are my cocktail guru, I want to talk with you about a couple of new bars that have opened. Let's start with Rabbit's Got the Gun. Ooh. This is a new spot in the near north side. Well, you know, I'm just going to throw it to you. I, I don't even, it's like a, it's like a cool neighborhood spot. It's real intimate. It's got, uh, they've got tacos. They've got, they've got. They have Drinks? an opera. They have an. They have an. So okay. So rabbits got the gun. Is a what? Wit is which is actually um, a new thing, but it's a not a new thing, but like originated by one arm scissor, uh, which is the cocktail dive. That means right. I mean, grand prize is the OG cocktail dive, but it's been tagged more than anybody else's one arm scissor in downtown, okay. and used to be on Main, right? But um, basically a cocktail dive is someone that makes very good cocktails, but will, uh, isn't fussy about things. So you can order a Jägermeister and have silly frozen drinks and order a high, a pony high life or, you know, so on and so forth. Like, right. Two headed dog is kind of doing that in two headed dog. So good cocktail dives, of course, is grand prize. Um, Big Star Bar. They do a little bit of cocktail. More dive than anything. Right, more dive than... More dive. But who else does cocktail dive? Is a cocktail dive. Um, I don't know. Would you say Double Trouble or that's more like... No, that's a coffee and cocktails. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I Grand mean, Prize, Two-Headed, right. One-Armed, and the newest is Rabbit's, Rabbit's Got, got the, the Gun. gun. Um, well, Amazing Frozen's. Great cocktails, small, 
yeah, teeny tiny, like probably what, like 40 seats? Yeah, maybe 40, 40 seats. They've got a nice big uh, little patio. Uh, but what I'm really most interested about is, is that they are going to be doing really cool pop-ups in the small, tiny, 15-person space in the back. And they want to bring in people from across the country to do cool pop-ups, agave pop-ups. They want to do tiki pop-ups. They want to do. They want to really like reach out to other other communities. Like, all right. So, at the risk of annoying bar, uh, every bartender that listens to the show, can I call that a speakeasy? Don't say that. <laughs> Just say it's a pop-up. Okay. It's not a speakeasy. No. Okay. It's a pop-up. <laughs> Um, so they're trying to develop that. Um, they have a frozen, I'm a sucker for frozens. I mean, I love classic cocktails, a really well-balanced daiquiri, Manhattan or Negroni or delightful. Right. Talk about, talk, talk about the frozen. So the we can frozen. keep this They're frozen. Their frozen program is very good. Um, they do a tamarind Paloma. That's very good. They have a lot of really nice, refreshing, great cocktails yeah. on deck. Yeah. Chrisia, who's who's been around all over the place, whose last name I can never remember. It's fine. It's fine. But she made me a very delicious Irish coffee with a, a pandan whip. I thought that was really fun and really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, really excited for them. Um, yeah. Um, right. Go check it out. All right. What's the address? I have no idea. All right. But I will, link to their, <laughs> I will link to their Instagram in the Culture Map article that accompanies this podcast. Awesome. So. All right, next. All right, and then I want to talk about how to survive at Land and Sea. Yes. This is Mike Salmon's new wine bar. Mike's been on the show a couple of times. He is uh, one of the founders of 13 Celsius, one of the founders of Mongoose versus Cobra and Weights and Measures. You know, I have to say, I, I've been to Land and Sea. Well, he calls it how to survive, and I call it Land and Sea. What do you call it? How to survive. Okay. I'm losing, I'm losing that fight because I really thought people were going to call it Land and Sea. How to survive. How to survive. I like, I mean, I'm not like a super knowledgeable wine drinker. I kind of, I kind of know what flavors I want in wine, Yeah. but I can't, I'm never, I'm never going to be blind taste guy. I'm never going to have like no an opinion about like, what's a good year for Pinot. No, I'm just look, never, I'm never going to be that guy. No. But Nobody so does. what I like about how to survive is that I can, you know, it's a, it's a limited by the glass selection. It's maybe 10 or 12 on any given night. And you know that like, Whatever that category is, if it's the rosé or the chardonnay or the the pinot or the whatever, like it's going to be extremely delicious because Mike Salmons has a great palate yeah. and fantastic taste in wine, and that the atmosphere it's got this big U-shaped bar and this kind of shabby like mismatched furniture and these like big like big comfy leather couches, and it's just like a cool place to hang out. Well, I mean, what I've always loved about uh, what I've always loved about Mike Salmon's just in general, like as an operator, is is that he allows people to grow within the space, and so whoever he hires isn't he isn't a showboat kind of guy. Like he allows everyone that has worked with him grow into their own thing. Adele, Adele was his employee and allowed her to grow into her own space. She is now the GM for 13 Celsius for years. Um, he, he lets people, you know, grow. And that also means that there's not a lot of pretension, you know, pretentiousness within that service. And so um, I've only been there uh, once. He wasn't even there. But I really like the fact that I walked in there. I didn't need to know the owner for me to get a good experience. And it was like, hey, Go ahead and sit down wherever you want. We'll bring you out some water. I'll come back and chat with you about wine. You know what I mean? Like, I really enjoy that that sort of like, like true hospitality. Right. You know? His staff knows their stuff. They can guide you to the kind of wine that will suit your palate, but without being like super fussy about it. Yeah, and it's not outrageously expensive either. Right. No. So it's in in Edo on Harrisburg. On Harrisburg. So right near the coffee plant. Right by the coffee plant. All right, and then the last one I want to talk about is Sunset Rooftop Lounge. This is a new bar. It's uh, It basically is right next to Truckyard in Edo. Next to Miss Carousel. Next to Yeah, across the street from Miss Carousel, yeah. right around the corner from 8th Wonder Brewery and 8th Wonder Distillery, uh, right down the street from Cofeteria, the new bakery. It's, it's right in the heart of everything. 
Oh man, those guys piss me off so bad. <laughs> Ooh. The cafeteria guys. Oh, all right. Ugh. We're we're not telling. We're moving on. We're, <laughs> uh, but this is uh, Dominic Moreau, who worked at House of Blues for a long time, and uh, he opened Hops Meets Barley, that kind of short-lived uh, craft beer bar on West Alabama. So he's on his own now with Sunset. Uh, manager is Allison Meyer, who worked at a key, and she was at. Uh, most recently at Rudyard's and, and Decatur for a hot second when that when uh, when they decided to wrap that place up. So, but really, I mean, it's all about the view, right? It's this third floor bar. You get this great view of kind of the with the convention center right in front of you and the downtown skyline beyond that, and it's just like a cool kind of slightly more sophisticated place to hang out. Well. I kind of see that neighborhood, that whole neighborhood. Um, I, I the way that I look at it is high tide raises all ships, right? Like, I think that that neighborhood is really booming. Um, it's really booming. A lot of millennials, those Thursday, Friday, Saturday night goers. Like, I mean, my nieces and nephews are in their their early thirties, and they're already like, "Oh, we love Miss Carousel. Oh, there's another place." to open soon and it's going to be a rooftop bar like they're bound to do well um i mean everyone in that area like i mean even you right, know right i mean i see kind of truck yard and pitch 25 and yeah. maybe lucky's pub yeah as kind of younger more casual and then i see miss carousel and sunset as kind of companions for people who are maybe a little bit older maybe you had dinner at indianola or in nancy's hustle or somewhere downtown you want to drink after or drink before, you know, that's, you're not going to go to truck yard, no. right? No disrespect, no disrespect to truck yard, which is very successful and, and, and has a great atmosphere for what they are, but you know, they're just kind of separate. And yeah. so I, yeah, I think, I think sunset kind of fits in with that slightly more sophisticated, slightly older crowd that's, that's coming there for, I don't like that slightly older. No, it's just a, I mean, it's like just a different. It's just a different clientele. Yeah. No need to be throwing, throwing. You know, I'm not saying old. you can't be 22 and and Ugh. want that vibe. I'm just saying, oh if you are 22, you probably don't. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm really excited to see all this growth uh, within. I mean, oh, thank goodness, so many cool new bars to go hang out at. So, so many cool new bars to hang out at. All yeah, right, absolutely. Uh, Linda, you have any uh, any any news to share? Any any final thoughts before you get out of here? I mean, other than uh, I'm working on some cocktails for Houston Barbecue Festival. Ooh, coming in, in coming in hot April fifth, I think. April fifth, Houston Barbecue Festival. Uh, I'll be working on some cocktails. It's exciting. Um, I'm sure I'll have some something crazy coming down down the pipeline. All right, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. I'll be right back with Eki and Nick in Probanto. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Eki and Nick in Probanto. They are partners in, in addition to being sisters, they are partners in Greenway Coffee and they are the force behind Susu, Kopi, and Boba, one of the stands at the Palton Row Food Hall. Ladies, I'm going to introduce you separately so that people can hear your voices. Nikin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Eki, greetings. Welcome. Thank you. Good, good. Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're both here. Eki, let me start with you just because I've known you for a little bit longer. Okay. How did you get started in the world of coffee? Like, What was, what was, what was it that drew you in? It kind of just fell on our lap, kind of. Um, we had the opportunity to purchase Greenway, the kiosk inside Greenway Plaza, many years ago. And it just started from there. I had no idea that we're going to be here right now doing it, you know, with all kinds of stuff. How quickly, how quickly did, you, did you get into this world before you brought your sister on board with you? I uh, I joined I in like 2011, maybe 2012. I quit my job. Okay. Around that time, so yeah, maybe that was seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah, because I think I met 
I mean, I met you when I think it was still Tuscany. Yes, it was Tuscany Premium Coffee. Yeah, back in the back in the day when it was kind of like a uh, under the radar industry hangout, like it was an incubator. not just not just under the radar, but literally underground. You had to like know your way through the literally through the uh, the parking garage to, to know how to find it. The good old days. <laughs> We're still down there, so you know. With lots of upgrades, but we're still down there. Yeah, lots of uh, like a shiny, a shiny new spot in the yeah in the food court. You just don't see me behind the bar anymore over there. One day that would be a fun one to do. We don't we don't see you behind the bar much anywhere, really, right? I uh, mean, you very true. When did you? So when did you kind of move from barista in to roasting? Whenever I started roasting, that was a while back. Um, Gosh, I'm really bad with all this stuff. I don't remember anything. I feel like probably just a little bit before Blacksmith opened. Blacksmith turned seven today, so almost eight years ago. Seven years ago, yes. Almost eight years ago. It's true. Yeah. So, I mean, at the beginning, we did not do much of roasting, so I still was doing both. But as soon as Nikan basically started, that's when I stepped away from the bar. Yeah, so... So again, I just, I want to circle back on this just a little bit. So what was it about being a barista? Like, like what did you do before you were a barista? Mm, that was my first job. Greenway is my first job. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So what was Nothing. it about, what was it about, what was it about being in, in a barista that appealed to you so much? Um, I, I mean, honestly, I just kind of thrown into it. It was not planned for me to do this i guess <laughs> right it was never planned for me to just keep doing coffee forever all this stuff but it just grew into me and it's this is my life yeah yeah and and nick and what nick and what about you i mean how did what what made it appealing for you to to join your sister in this business well mostly i was jealous because they get to eat good food they make friends everywhere they used to go to anvil and everybody like <laughs> know them by their first name, you know? And I was like, what is this life? I was a behavior therapist before this. Well, let me say something. <laughs> um, On behalf of, as a former Anvil bartender, Linda Salinas, yes. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Back when they started, like, they were just, they were just coffee people, right? So there was just coffee and so on and so forth. But long, long time ago, in the far, far away land <laughs> of the beginning of Anvil, these monsters somehow got Bobby to do brunch. Right, I remember that. We yes. did brunch at Anvil. I remember there's that espresso machine in that corner. In that corner, right? It's so it was really funny because no one in their wildest mind would have ever, ever convinced Bobby to do anything other than what was Well his and nobody ideas. And, and frankly nobody <laughs> wants to close a bar at two AM on a Saturday and then come back at eleven AM for brunch. Yeah, and it's these crazies, you know. <laughs> with Peter Yankee. Yeah, with Peter party. Yankee, of course. Yeah. Um, they decided to do this for, for, it was, I mean, it was a really cool experience, but that's really what they're about. I mean, I think if, if anything, you know, like the inventiveness and outside of the box, it comes from like baristas from Nikan, from, you know, Eki, you know, David as well. Like it's always like something kind of wild and crazy. And I think that that's what is always like, Ooh, what's that? Just like this new shop. Yeah, for me, that that's that was it. You know, I hang out with them a lot. And every time we go out, it's always like a party. It's always like special. And I don't feel the same joy when I was doing what I was doing. And that was around the time when they was ready to grow. And I was not going to be a, like, I wasn't going to miss that chance to be a part of it. So I quit my job and started learning how to Make coffee. Here she is, <laughs> yeah. stuck with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nikan, what is your kind of role with the within the Greenway? I oversee all the operations, so I she do a little everything. bit of everything. Make sure all the cafes are going and serving delicious coffee, but I also do a little bit of training. I do a bit of hiring, firing. Um, I also do a little bit of wholesale, so I do a little bit of everything, but mostly operations. And then Eki, how did you how did you discover that like you enjoyed roasting more than barista eating? It's not a verb, by the way. I just I just, <laughs> I just did that. It's fine. It's okay. Um, 
I mean, I think I just like being in a, you know, a big space on my own, just just me and the coffee. Um, I'm not really a people person, to be quite honest. <laughs> so being a barista was hard for me. I'm not really social. I th- I've never found you to be antisocial. Well, yes, but because I know you guys, right? That's the difference. It's hard for me to, I mean, being a barista definitely helped me becoming like who I am right now because it kind of broke that bubble of me being shy and just, you know, I just didn't really try to get to know people or all this stuff, but that helped a lot. But honestly, like I just love trying to develop flavors out of the coffee and, um, I don't know. She also have this like obsessive um, personality to where she wants perfect things, especially when it comes to like cooking or baking. And she does both really well. So I think like it's perfect for her because with roasting, you can really put everything of you in this coffee. And I think I remember when she was like, I can do this, right? I was like, yeah, maybe. I don't know how it works. And then she did it and it tasted good. And I think for her, that was like, okay, how do I make this better? And I just don't remember ever hearing her questioning about if this is what she should be doing. But instead, she just started doing it. And I don't think that was ever really the plan. No. To roast. I mean, honestly, everything that I do is I just kind of jump into it. And then if I love it, I just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I would think that it's difficult. I mean, Greenway buys beans from all over the world, right? South America, Africa, Indonesia. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and they all have different flavor profiles, right? So you have to kind of, how do you, or, or let me just ask you. I coffee too. I forgot. Next time. Next time. There's always next time. But but how do you sort of figure out like what the right approach is for each different variety of bean that you, like, are there certain characteristics you're looking for? Or how do yeah, you figure always. it out? Yeah, always. Well, it depends. So different regions have different type of coffee, different. Um, elevation of growth so that makes a difference of how I gauge my recipe um, but once I know all those things it's pretty easy right. to me because I know most of the coffee that we work with is something that I'm very familiar already so I just you know we always sample roast it taste it and then tweak it and that's it so far so good I think people seem to like it yeah thanks and- people and Greenway, Greenway has grown substantially. I mean, this, today is the seventh anniversary of Blacksmith, Blacksmith opening. Yeah. There's Morningstar. There's Coral Sword. There's Prelude. Uh, you just opened a place in uh, Rice University, right? Yeah, Audrey's. Yes. We were just there today. What is it? What is it about kind of the Greenway approach? Do you think that's been so successful that's allowed you to grow like this? I think more than anything, people love David. <laughs> but um, true. David I mean, you know, really David is really, you know, he's a brilliant man. He can come up with all these different concepts that neither of us would really like, think that. I mean, he's very social. That's, yeah. you know, it's like, and that's the good thing about all of us, right? We are a team and we each have our own strength. And he's really good at putting himself out there, meeting people, create relationships and. Yeah, I mean, I remember. I mean, I remember meeting David. It wasn't it. It wasn't at Tuscany. It was because it was that you know the Houston Chowhounds, and that's he invited right. us to go to Fubin. That was a while back. That's I he mean, is the that's ambassador. Literally ten years ago, I think more than ten years ago. Well, mm-hmm. That's the probably Chowhound right. Days. I did the service for them. Twelve years. That's a long. It was time. a while back. Yeah, twelve yeah. years is a long time. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, so he, yeah, I guess David was kind of your Greenway's ambassador to the culinary world. Yeah, he still is. I mean, he's he's almost kind of like the face of Greenway, right? Most people, a lot of people don't know or that me and Nikan exist sometimes. Well, that's why I was so interested that it was when it was time to open Susukopi and Boba that it wasn't it wasn't. David Buer, it was Eki and Nikon. Yeah, well, for him, you know, when we were given the op- like the opportunity to do something there specifically, 
we didn't know how we can make it different than any other concepts. And I've always wanted, we always wanted to open a boba place, but, you know, I, we just drink a lot of boba, but we don't know much about it as far as, you know, how to make it and all that stuff. But David had some experience with tapioca and milk teas and stuff. So I think you guys should really talk about that soft serve. Oh, soft I mean, serve. Oh, we're going yes. to talk about the soft serve. I mean, but y'all, y'all need to stop playing around yes. and talk about this. Delicious soft serve. Oh. Well, right. So how did, how did soft serve ice cream become... Well, we were like, we can't just do coffee and milk teas. You know, there has to be something else. And this one right here, of course, she's like, we should just do soft surf. And I was like, how do you even know how to make it? And um, she ordered this little tiny, like, cuisine art, whatever, soft surf machine. And she started putting flavors together, and it was bomb. And we were like, cool, this is going on the menu. Pretty much. All right. All right, Eki, I have to ask. Why? Why Ovaltine? Like instead of regular. We grew chocolate. up with it. We grew up with Ovaltine. We basically the idea of the soft serve is we want people to feel that nostalgic feelings of oh that was my childhood, and that's Ovaltine. Yeah, we For we us. didn't have Nesquik. No. Um. So we had Milo or Ovaltine, but we were Team Ovaltine, and. I don't even remember why we picked Ovaltine, but we wanted something that is very nostalgic and very um, somehow ties into our culture. So mm-hmm. it's Ovaltine is what I remember the most of my childhood. It's like malted just, just malted chocolate. chocolate. Malted chocolate? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. so that was your so that was your childhood in the Philippines, Indonesia. Indonesia. Indo- sorry, that's on me. That's we're a, neighbors. That's we're a bad neighbors. job. That's a bad job. I <laughs> All right. When did you when did you move to America from Indonesia? She moved when she was eighteen. I'm better with dates, so I'll yeah. just fill you in. That's um, why I have been around. High I don't know anything. I don't remember those things. <laughs> yeah. I need my sister in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, she moved here when I she was, was eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen. Okay. So that was uh oof, girl. A few years ago. You need to do your own math because a long time ago. You're not I, I wouldn't anymore. I would never ask you. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I moved here when I was sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Well she moved to Seattle and then Houston when she was twenty two. No, actually. Twenty one? Twenty? Way before that. See, I don't know anything. Yeah, I moved here in 08, so um but yeah, I moved here for school, but also mostly because she's here. Um wanted to be closer to her because it's just us here in the States. So the rest of our family's still back home. So I thought it was a no-brainer to move to Houston. The food was significantly better. But then again, like I was hanging out with them and they get all these special treatment. Everybody knows them by their first name. And I'm like, what is this life? Because, you know, truthfully, I never worked in food before that. So I didn't know this, you know, very supportive community of industry people that just like hang out with each other, feed each other and just, you know, be super supportive of each other while they're at work or when they're not working, which is something that's new for me. So I think that was very enticing. Yeah, I was sort of curious about the Greenway culture because it does seem like there's a whole team of people that have worked for you across multiple concepts and who stay with you a long time and in a business where, you know, people like to hop around jobs a little bit. So, yeah, how do you... How would you define kind of your your company culture and and what is that like building that team? That's you, girl. Well, I mean, it's see w- again, like relationship is a major thing for us, and you know we try to take care of everybody, and um, you know people move on, people do this and that, they want to grow. The thing with us is there's only so much growth that you can do in the company. And most of most people who move on, they're like, okay, where to next? And we're like, well, we don't really have anywhere right. else to go. Right. There's only so many shops, right? Yes. Only right. So many, so there's only so many GM positions. We've just whatever. been very lucky. You know, we have great team. We have great people. And I don't know what else. Definitely great team, for sure. Yeah, we, we, we have we're lucky. the best staff i mean but we try to treat them like they're one of us like their family yeah. so i think that also makes a difference um 
But I also feel like I think, um, at least for the ones that, you know, verbally told me in the past, I think they respect that everybody started as a barista. You know, David started as barista. Eki started as a barista. And it gives them kind of like this vision of what they can make out of this job, whether it's, you know, between like while you're in school or this is something that you're trying to figure out between jobs, whatever it may be. But I think because they see everybody start from where they are right now, um, they 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 appreciate that. And I think for me, at least, I think that's that's why I was so um, enthused about joining the team, because like this is, you know, you started as just slang and coffee. Right. And you turn into this thing <laughs> right you, you start thing. as a you start as a caterpillar and you turn yeah. into right. a butterfly right right but i mean all i can say is i've we've been very lucky with everybody you know right but it's not just luck i mean you guys well yes we we, we definitely do and i think they see that we work hard and we like what nikan said we all are capable of doing everything from the bottom to the top right we can if someone calls in sick and we can't make it to work or they can make it to work we can easily cover for them and be behind the bar it should not be a problem so i think we also try to be there for everybody you know they know that we have their back in so many ways so i think that's pretty much it it's like we support them and they support us you know it's yeah. very simple How's it going at Paulson Row? It's cool. I think now that the holiday is over, people are back to their um, routine. Uh, it's been it's been a great beginning of the year so far. So, are yeah. you like, what's the favorite thing? Like, what is is the ice cream the top seller? Are you selling we as sell, much boba as you expected? I mean, how's it, how's that? You know, surprisingly, we sell a lot of this blue jasmine milk tea. People really love it, but. <laughs> More than anything, people go bananas for the soft serve. I think Ike really nailed it, nailed it on the flavors. Um, we have like four rotating flavors. People, I've had people come in and like ask, when is this flavor coming back in this week? Um, so it's a... That's yeah, why I think it's hard for me serve, to change it. Yeah, the idea serve. is to change it monthly, but then... We would get people who come back. They're like, well, I want the green one. Well, you know what's crazy? The other day, I forgot to tell you, somebody called me. I don't know where they got my number from and asked what the flavor was today. And I'm like, <laughs> what flavor? And she's like, the soft serve. I was like, oh, how did you find my number? And then she said, what are the flavors? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you guys call. have. No, to- it's creepy, Nikan. How did people find your number? <laughs> yeah, but at least you know they're asking for the products they love. So I'm like, yes, get some. You could put it on your Instagram every day, right? These are the flavors. Yeah, yeah. but they rotate. You know, as soon as we're done with one, and then we'll move on. But, um, but yeah, I think the soft serve's doing really well there as well. Co- I mean, our coffee is still, still our highest seller. Highest seller. Oh, like okay. this is how I know that coffee is our thing, right? Because. We try to do so many other things, adding all kinds of other stuff. But coffee is still our number one seller in in all of our all shops. of our shops. Right. I mean, even at even at Morning Star with the donuts, even at Coral Sword with the pizzas, even all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Just you know the amount of volume of coffee. You don't look at the numbers because it's not fair, right? Like a plate of meal is say thirteen dollars, and a cup of coffee is two dollars. So if you look at the numbers, of course, the other stuff is more. But the amount that we're selling, it's it's a lot. I mean, the coffee is still number one. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. I'm in the right business. We are. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, I almost feel like this is an impossible question, but do you have a favorite of the different Greenway shops? Oh, I don't think I'm allowed to say that, right? <laughs> Am I allowed to? I need to have a favorite because, you know, Tuscany Premium Coffee was the baby. That is the OG. So Greenway Coffee inside Greenway Plaza has to be my favorite. <laughs> Not because it's better than the other ones, but because that's how we started. Without that one place, we don't have everything else. So that would be my favorite. Yeah. But I love all of them, obviously. <laughs> right. Equally. Equally, Yes. 
do you have do you have plans to do more of them? It seems like there's always nope, not right now. We're you know no. taking. A I don't want to do any more shops. That's definitely for now. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> we will expand in a different type of expansion. Yes, or, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you moved into a new roastery last year, didn't you? Yes. So is that does that expand your potential volume? Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, it's just a better uh, place to work. You know, the, the the roastery is now like huge, super comfy. You know, it's it's you for me that when we moved to that roastery, that was kind of like cool. Like we're on a this is like our next. Yeah, eventually we'll have, you know, a lab and all kinds of stuff for, I mean, most of our accounts already go to the warehouse and we do cupping there. We do tasting and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, training. So it's a better place to do all that stuff. Um, But for more shops, I will vote no to do. Never say never, but, you know, I think after this one. You're at such an interesting point in your kind of career or public profile because like you're at your prelude which is uh correct me if i'm wrong that's a heinz tower isn't it it is right so they don't like they have you know united airlines or whatever law firms or you know taking up multiple floors of that building so they don't they don't need a ton of rent from you right as as much as anything you're an amenity that makes it easier for them to lease the super expensive office space above right so I, i mean i feel like every like every smart landlord de- real estate developer in town is like, how See, do I get me some of that Greenway magic? Well, so those I don't consider shops. When you're talking shops, I was thinking like. Like another, Coral Sword and Morningstar. Yes. Yeah. Inside an office building, that's a different story. So uh, we, yeah, we, we love those. We may be doing more of those, but. Yeah, we love those. Other than that concept, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot more work well and the financials are better right i mean i think it's different or is it the lifestyle is better for the baristas because it's only monday through friday yes some of yes. our baristas work four days a week have three days off and weekends off and holidays off and holidays off i think right. yes and you know and they're eating good every night um which i'm very happy to see <laughs> but i think um the Shops like Greenway or Prelude, it would be the the dream job. I miss working Monday to Friday. Yes, that was six thirty to four. You know, <laughs> um, and have right. weekends off. Right, Paul's and Rose open seven days a week. Yes, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. Right. It's- we open at seven a.m. and we close most days at ten, and on the weekends we close at eleven. So lots of time for people to come by and get some soft serve, but it is is very long hours. Yeah, you you can get soft serve at breakfast. No, um, we start at eleven. Okay. Yeah, unless you really insist, we'll make it happen. <laughs> Don't start with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know how these people are. That's right. No, like me, I would be there. I'll be. You, there you'll be there at eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. Eleven a.m. Yeah, eleven a.m. We we'll start um, soft serve at eleven. You can get coffee though before that. Right. Of course. Yes. Um. Can I? Can I ask you? You guys are. Um, I'm just, I'm so amused, like, of all the celebrities for you to be friends with. That you're friends. You're fr- well, you're friends with with Hunter Pence and, and Lexi. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I was so stunned when I walked into Blacksmith, and I don't, I don't know necessarily what very many professional baseball players look like, but he's mm-hmm. a, a distinctive-looking individual. I mean, and, I didn't know who... I don't watch baseball. So when we were first introduced, I did not know he was playing baseball. Yeah. How well, long, I was aware of it. Someone told me, but I was like, I don't know who that is. Well, yeah. Like how long, how long had you known him before someone showed you like the YouTube clip of his like, yes, yes, yes. Pep rally speech before the world series for the giants. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh, well, we're going to watch that after this is over. Yeah. My, Michael Carroll it. knows what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're such a fanboy, that's what it is. I mean, and we're just working girls, you know. Like we work, I, we I mean, hustle. The first, time, the first time, like I am not typically starstruck, and I have gotten to meet some really cool food world people. But the first time I saw 
I saw Hunter at Blacksmith, I was a little bit like tongue tied. I was like, God, I love you. <laughs> Hunter is the best. I mean, honestly, the beginning when we were introduced, I wasn't interested to be friends with them. And I told both Lexi and Hunter this. I said, you know, when we first met, I was not really interested to even develop a friendship because I was like, yeah, these people are famous. I don't really care. But they're like the best people. And we just became really good friends. And I most of the time forget that they are a celebrity, I guess, until we go out somewhere and people approach him asking for a photo or autograph or all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, wow, he is famous. But I don't see him that way. So I guess it's different. But right. I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> we just clicked. Uh, you can, uh, let me let me bring this back around to you. I mean, we've talked about kind of your role in the company and, and how it's going at, at Paulton Row. I mean, what would you what would you like to see kind of at Greenway in the next couple of years, or what are your what's your goal? Ooh, um, I think this year we want to focus on education. Um, I really want to share all of our knowledge to all of our baristas and be better together as a team. I think. Sometimes when you're opening places, when, you know, you shuffle people around because um, they're great at what they do, you you tend to forget to kind of, okay, let's reset and um, educate us even more. Um, that's that's mostly what I want to see. But overall, I think I just, I just want to keep making coffee um, and make good coffee. And I think hopefully from that we make, more friends um <laughs> sell more coffee but but I'm, I'm very excited for this year's coffee we we have really we really have good offerings good coming up right now. yeah yeah it's right. exciting well i mean it's so this is going back to why i don't want to open more shops is because we need to focus on the ones that we already have you know sometimes i feel like we expand so much and we just forget how to go back and just because we have such great team, TLC. right? They almost, almost all of them don't need us, really, yeah. Which and that's is why amazing. We're very, very lucky. But we have the best team. Yeah. I love you guys. Definitely <laughs> do. All right. Well, before I let you get out of here, I have to go through the the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Eki, let me. Uh, I'll start with you. Okay. What is your favorite cookbook? I am loving um, Renee uh, Giuseppe. Yeah, Redzepi from Redzepi. Uh, Noma. Yes, Copenhagen. I love her book right now. It's very simple, home style cooking and delicious. Nikki, how about you? Eric, I don't cook. <laughs> she doesn't. That's a that's a perfectly fine answer. This is uh, this is my first year not living with Eki. That's right. This is the first year we like don't since live I moved to Houston, and you know. I miss her cooking because <laughs> she cooks for me almost every night when she, you know, when she makes dinner. But now I just either go over to her place or, you know, I just get Chipotle <laughs> on the way home. Uh, Chipotle is awesome. You don't like Chipotle? But moving along. <laughs> garbage, garbage. Moving along. Garbage moving tortillas, on. I think, is what Linda is. What oh, see, I get the bowl. I get the bowl. You know, I get the bowl. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> uh, Nick, and what's the first band you ever saw in concert? Oh, goodness gracious. Linkin Park. Me too. I think we went to see we it together. We went to see it together. Back in Indonesia a long time yeah. ago. Oh, even better. Yeah. yeah. All right, now. Usually I ask people who their favorite Houston sports figure is, but I think we've already kind of been over that with you guys. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite non-Greenway coffee shop? Like when you, where do you, where do you go so for coffee when you don't go to one of your own places? Uh, I love going to Shayla. I do too. Shayla Coffee. They're in East Downtown. X-E-L-A. X-E-L-A, yeah. They're awesome. Caitlin and Benji They're love their it. coffee, yeah. I love their stuff. Yeah. All right. What Support is your, them. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Chick-fil-A. Drive-thru? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Chick-fil-A. What do you get? A spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, no buns. <laughs> I don't eat the buns. And I just put all that Chick-fil-A sauce all over it. 
Nothing wrong with that. All right. And then finally, when you, when you go to a pizzeria, what is your go-to pizza order? What are your, what are your favorite toppings? Pepperoni. I love, um, what? Margarita. Oh, thank God. I was, I, I was hoping that you did not say pineapple because no, I would just, I can't, I don't, I don't eat pineapple. I don't do pineapple actually. emoji, boo-boo. I don't, I don't do like pineapple it. on pizza. All right. Well, give us, uh, give us the website for Greenway Coffee and the social media for Susu, Kopi, and Boba. So for Susu, you can follow us at Susu, S-U-S-U-K-O-P-I-B-O-B-A, Susu, Kopi, Boba. And for website, you can go to greenwaycoffee.com. You can also purchase your coffee online there. Um, but yeah, those two are our socials. You yeah. can also follow Greenway Coffee on Instagram. Right. And we can follow... Becky, you're Miss Coffee Street. Yep. And Miss Coffee Street. Uh, my handle is Nikonator, like Terminator, but Nikonator. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't thinking when I made it and I just never changed it. And people call me, you know, sometimes people call me by my handle and I was like, what's up? You at least know how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's a good handle. It. Yeah. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. Thanks thank for having you. us. Right. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.